Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I've never had a plan B. There's never there's never been a thought of plan B. So it's always been this is what I'm doing, and and that's that's it. I have there's, there's no choices it's just that's just what needs to happen that's the cool thing about being a Maori artist to show me that that was possible Kia ora koutou, no mai hari mai ki te Paperback Gorillas, the podcast for mana-enhancing kōrero that we think is worth our time sharing and your time hearing. Uh, ko Peter Barrett tōku ingoa, my name is Peter Barrett, uh, and in today's episode, in the middle of the coronavirus lockdown, uh, I sit down in kōrero remotely with DJ Spell. Uh, if you don't know who DJ Spell is, he's a legend in Aotearoa hip-hop. Uh, not only is he a world champion DJ uh, or turntablist, he's a, a graphic designer, a beat maker, a music tutor, um, an international DJ competition organiser, uh, a te reo Māori tutor, and an artist in general. Uh, he's placed first in a bunch of international and national DJ tournaments, uh, including the New Zealand Red Bull Three Style Battle, the Australasian IDA Battle, New Zealand DMC Battles twice, uh, the World DMC Online. He was the first New Zealander to ever win that category of the DMCs, uh, and he's placed and um, scored really highly in a bunch of other uh, competitions and tournaments, but this kōrero isn't really about the things that he's won, Uh, it's about the things that he's done and how he's gone about doing them. We talk about a whole range of topics in this kōrero, uh, from finding passion as an artist, to the difference that feedback makes to your confidence as an artist. Uh, We cover his journey growing up in Hamilton under the wing of Aotearoa hip-hop legends, uh, to where he is now travelling around the world as a turntablist uh, and living a life that he loves. Uh, We talk about quitting the dream and the art of thinking differently, his mentors and the difference they made, as well as his own intentional learning and practice routines. Uh, DJ Spell is a really funny, pretty chilled out guy, but he's also an example of someone who's continually and consistently done the things that he loves at a really high level. Um, So I learned a lot and had a lot of fun in this corridor, and I hope it's useful. Kia ora. Today I'm talking with the infamous DJ Spell, and I will uh, pass the mic over to the bro to introduce himself. <laughs> mean, cheer my bro. Kia ora. My name Kia is um, Spell. I guess I should do a, 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 a me. I haven't done a me for a long time. Uh, Kia ora, ora bro. Kia ora. Um, uh, ko, ko DJ Spell talk ingoa. Well, ki roto i te ao o hip-hop, ko, ko, ko tera toku ingoa, engari... Um, ko Hayden Gilgan Aho, ko tērā taku ingoa tūturu. That's what my, my mum named me. Um, um, no, no te tai rāwha, te taku mama, Ngāti Pōrau, ki te tau taku papa. We're from uh, uh, Waikato Tainui. I was um, born in Auckland, moved down to Hamilton and um, and was raised in Hamilton, pretty much. Yeah, so that's um, that's me. Kilda, um, and like I kind of said, bro, uh, this isn't a tell us all about how you're the man at DJing, um, <laughs> but you know, that's a that's a big old uh, trophy elephant in the room. So uh, for those of you who don't know about our Kai Fakarongo, who don't know uh, DJ Spellin uh, Te Ao Hip Hop in the the hip hop world, uh, he is the mean the meanest DJ. Um, and I'll give a little bit of a, a cordial at the start about your um, uh, like awards you've won and that kind of thing. But uh, what's the? I'm, I'm interested to know what's the what's the one thing you're most proud of when it comes to your musical career, bro? Doesn't have to be a trophy or a prize, but it might be. Um, that man that changes all the time. That changes, yeah, the thing that I'm most proud of. I think what I'm most proud of now that I'm in, into my 30s um, is um, 
I, I, I'm still doing art. I'm still, mm. I'm still doing it. Yeah, yep. and, and, and I, and I um, haven't, um, and I don't have a nine to five. Mm. Yeah, and I've lasted this long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, that is. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's uh, that's that's uh, um, I think that's a pretty big uh, accomplishment for me. Anyways, yeah, I have a, a bunch of titles and a bunch of cool things that I've done, but I reckon yeah, that is the the coolest thing. Yeah, choice. Um, well, let's just roll straight into kind of uh, that same. Uh, and, and to some quarter law around that. So what do you, well, what's your answer at the moment? You've done a bunch of things, uh, man, ever since I've heard of you, um, mm. you kind of always seem to be doing different things and evolving and growing and, and learning new stuff and putting that into action. Mm. What do you say now when someone asks you like, Oh, Kilda, bro, what, what do you do? <laughs> um, that, Oh man. Okay. So now, I say I'm an artist. I just say yeah, I'm, I, I'm an artist. I make art. I I do music. I um yeah. I, I, it, it didn't used to be like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I it used to be um, embarrassing to, to tell people mm. what I did. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's like I mean I, I, when I was going hard with with hip hop and, um, and being a rapper, a rapper dude, um, that was like, I know exactly what you mean. Like when that, that's what I wanted to say when people said, what do you do? Like I wanted yeah. to go, oh, I'm a rapper. Cause in terms of where all of my energy and my focus and, um, and my ambition was, it was that right. It wasn't in my, I, you know, I also work, uh, at the time I was working 20 hours a week or something, uh, in a contact center. Like mm, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to answer with, I'm, I'm a part-time contact center worker like I'm not that there's anything wrong with, with yeah, that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's not where my heart was right like my heart was in the mahi that I was doing in um in my music um and and there's definitely uh like a, an empowerment thing or a sense of a sense of power that you get when you start saying that uh that you are a thing right whether it's a writer or an artist or whatever but you also kind of have to get to a point of confidence say to to feel like you can say that yes Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that was, I imagine it was quite a big, a big step for you to, you know, a milestone to hit and go, oh yeah, cool. What, what am I? I'm an artist. Like, it was a milestone, yeah. And it and it took me, you know, 15 years of making art to get to it to be like, kind of okay with it, and and yep. and and now I'm I'm uh, a, a very confident artist and I and and when I meet people I say I, I'm I'm an artist I don't have to say like <laughs> I'm a I'm a world champion DJ on the doll <laughs> yeah. like that's it's not that's it's not fun <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm literally the best in the world on the doll <laughs> yeah and I'm on the doll and then I moved to Melbourne yeah. and saw how 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 they how the vibe is here in Melbourne and it's such a, a, a you know a, an artist artist arty kind of a um culture in in Melbourne just in general and and it's yeah. very very cool if you're an artist yeah true and, and it's cool. a very and like, it's, a, it's a very in demand um trade to to have mm. yeah and and it's up that's it's put up there, you know, like you're an artist? Cool, you're you're very valuable. Yeah. Yep. I mean. Um like I've never even been to Melbourne, but everybody always says it's like Wellington, right? Like and I never really understood if that was because of the, the culture or the vibe or just because like there's I don't know, ten thousand people who used to live in Wellington who now live in Melbourne. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is the is it the like is it the same kind of vibe as, I mean, Welly is quite arty, right? Like we've got that that vibe there as well. Um, what's the difference between the two? It's okay. It's that vibe. It's that arty vibe, but it's like it's but it feels like Auckland, like yeah, the size okay. of yeah. it geographically. It feels quite big and spread out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but if you're right in the city, it's like, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, 
just back to that quote at all about, you know, you are an artist, uh, which I guess kind of covers some of the things that I mentioned that, uh, a bit earlier around you doing so many different things and having done so many different things. Um, so what is the, like, what's the main, where is your, your artist, uh, your, your artistry focused at the moment? What kind of, what kind of art are you making at the moment? Man. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's a couple things. It's a lot of music. I'm making a lot of music, mm-hmm. but I'm also, I'm, I'm drawing a lot. I'm doing a lot of illustration. I'm doing a lot of like graphic designy kind of stuff. Um, sure. but it's, it's, it's mostly music. I'm making music. Yeah. I don't have turntables, sure. so I'm not like doing any of that at the house. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yep. But um, but no, that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, do you miss having turntables? I do now. Yeah, I do now. Yeah. This year, <laughs> I definitely need turntables. But um, yeah. Uh, but now yeah, it's been it's been a very very good break because it was sort of six or seven years of like hardcore focus on turntablism and so mm. it's been a very nice uh, break but I'm, I'm 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 ready to get back on the tables yeah i, I mean i mean <laughs> I, I dj well I, before this uh this lockdown happened um mm. i was you know I, I was djing a lot djing every week you know two or three nights a week and and it was just nice not to come home and see turntables but now since being in this in this little lockdown i'm like man i I want turntables yeah yeah you better get them before you go on lockdown and they become a non-essential uh service that you (laughs) that you can't buy yeah 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 um so bro would you say that you are doing the the work that you love and that art yeah yeah i am I mean, yeah. and I'm how not... did you get to that point? Like, like that's a, it's a, that's a big kind of question, but, um, you know, part of the cope up of this, this podcast is, I guess, uh, sharing some of that journey and helping others hopefully get to the same point of, of, of loving a life that they, um, that they live. And you, you definitely look like you do that. Um, so how did you, yeah, get to that point? Were there any big decisions that you made to get there? Any thought processes? Man, it was... There's there's kind of two parts to that that answer. There's like... There's like the practical side, which is like... I need to make money, right? Mm -hmm. And then the the other side is like... There's no, I've never had a plan B. There's never, there's never been a thought of plan B. Mm. So it's always been, this is what I'm doing. And, and that's, that's it. I have, there's there's no choices. It's just, that's just what needs to happen. It's just, Mm -hmm. you're, you're an artist. You're, you have to do art and, and you, and, and, and try and make money off it somewhere in there. But the the main thing is I'm an artist and I need to make art and that's it. That's kind of that's it. Yeah. There's no plan B. So how did you know that you needed to do art? I was lucky that I found my passion or my I knew from a very young age that 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 this is what what I was going to do for the rest of my life, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, um, and I imagine that's probably got something to do with the 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 people that you were hanging out with at an early age, maybe. Yep. Um, so talk talk to us a little bit about that. Who was that, and and how did that help? Yeah. Okay. Um, ah, man. Okay. So I think not. Uh, I I think it had. I mean, it definitely had a lot to do with who I was hanging out with and who the kind of people that were around me. 
Um, but but I think my parents were the main reason. They were always very very supportive of of uh, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and just like be, like in hindsight, they were the main. Uh, sort of, they, they 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 drove me into doing art full time, right? Like they mm-hmm. they made it okay that that it's okay for me to to um, leave home and be a be an artist. Yeah, mm. I mean, and that that's important, right? Like they, so they it sounds like they they enabled that and they they kind of empowered you, I guess, to do that. But how did you like? Why hip hop? Because I mean, they could have been empowering you to go and be a world uh, champion dirt bike rider, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. <laughs> um, I think why? How? Why hip hop? I probably has to do with um, the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. I mean. There was always music in the house, and both my parents had quite a big music collection. So mm-hmm. I was I was I was exposed to a lot a lot of different kinds of music, the whole spectrum. But at school, everyone was listening to Tupac, Snoop Dogg. You know, it was all just West Coast, all the mm-hmm. Def Row. So it was that was what all the older kids listened to, and so that was what I wanted to listen to, and that's yeah, yeah. that's what made it cool. Is yeah, that's what the older kids listened to, mm. and then my dad mm. brought home. He was bringing home hip hop albums, and so mm-hmm. they went together, and then that's yeah, that's that that's why I think I I think. That's why I yeah, cool. went into the hip-hop lane, I think. I guess when you were in the hip-hop lane, um, you've uh, you've kind of hung out with or worked with um, some pretty OG, uh, you know, crew from, from hip-hop in New Zealand. Um, tell us about like one of those uh one of those teachers that you worked with or hung out with either when you were young uh or when you were older uh and and something that you learned from them that you think was important um either in a hip hop like either in your hip hop career or your art career or just in life in general um man there's so many yeah, there's there's a lot. Like I started quite young, so it's like every five years is like another set of uh, influence. Mm. Yeah, I guess especially because you've changed, like you've you've grown and evolved in different lanes. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but man, I I think. I think probably the biggest biggest influence on me was Raw. Probably, mm-hmm. I think. That's DJ Raw uh Tifano. Yeah, I, I think I think I think Raw man there's a, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot though. There's a lot. Uh, uh so, so Omega B four corners he, you know I got kind of taken under the the their wing, right? And um and 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 Omega B pushed me to I don't know what he saw in me I think I think I must have just seemed really um hungry and mm. um anyways he he was like you need to go to DJ Raw's school down in Porirua and you need to get good. There, like I, I was already DJing, but he was like, "You need to go down there and get good." So I went. So I did. I moved to Purirua. I was nineteen, and I went to DJ school. And 
And Raw was my teacher for that whole year. And and that's where I learned how to how to really DJ. Yeah. Mm. Actually, you know, a, a very cool thing that he taught me that that really helped me was um he said he said to me um you need to pick one thing and like really focus on one thing because at the time I was like I was writing graffiti and I was I was breaking I was dancing and um and I was just, and I was doing this music thing I was DJing and he was like hey you do too much you do too too much stuff like you need to hone in on one one skill and um go go all in on one skill and so I was like man like I want to do everything right I want to do everything and he was like nah 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 otherwise you're just going to be average at everything you know where where you should you know really um focus on one thing and become like a a master at one thing yeah and then and that's when I was like eh I'll choose the DJ thing yeah (laughs) I mean, pretty much. And that's interesting, eh? Like, that's, um, I've thought about that, that same kind of advice before. Um, because every, you know, everybody says it. Obviously, it makes a lot more, uh, means a lot more coming from someone like DJ Raw, who was actually a master of a thing and, you know, is in the same lane where you want a master. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting thing where, like, I, I find, like, I do, I do a bunch of different things that make me happy and make me feel good. Mm. Um, and I'm more concerned with that than I am with being good at a thing. Mm. Um, Cause I think like you get like, obviously there's a, there's a kind of a happiness and a, a sense of fulfillment that you get from being good at it and mastering a thing. Mm. Um, but I don't know, actually, no, yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you get that sense of, of fulfillment from mastering it or if you just get it from learning in that lane, you know what I mean? Like I like the learning, the process of that learning uh, I don't. I don't necessarily care if that learning takes me to being like real, real good at a thing, but I just like the learning process of it. Um, but that's probably different for everybody. So uh, that's different for everybody. But I think I, I, I reckon. Um, I reckon actual masters have that same that same uh, way of thinking. Yeah. Once you once you get to master yeah, level yeah, yeah, yeah. of one True. of one thing, you're like. Once you get to master level, you're like, actually, I'm like, I'm just, I don't know shit. That's usually what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, like yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. The, the learning, the process of learning is, is, uh, that's the fun part. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, and there's no, yeah. I mean, there is no actual mastery of a thing, right? Like, in most cases, like definitely with art, obviously. Um, yeah, maybe you can be a master. <laughs> Stair builder, I don't know. Um, all I can make is uh, pallet tables. So, <laughs> um, but on that, like on that, um, on that cope up, like when it comes to to learning, uh, DJing especially has seemed like one of those things to me where you have to put in a whole bunch of just straight intentional practice. Like with some art, there's I don't know, and I and this I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on if I'm totally wrong with this or not. Um, I mean, my DJing, uh, my forays into DJing stopped at uh, at college when uh, my first belt drive turntable broke. Um, that I'd spent about a year looking at garage sales for um, with with old with my auntie, Auntie Amor, killed auntie. <laughs> um, but like DJing compared to other arts, a lot of other arts to me seem like you can kind of. Um, like do a lot of reflection and and uh, and and kind of being inspired by things, um, and that all adds a lot into the art. Whereas DJing seems like it has a a bigger proportion of like mechanical practice. Um, like here's this technique, and I just need to I need to nail this technique in order to do this bigger thing. Mm. Um, so, like I don't know, is that is that right? Am, am I? Yep. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So then, for you, obviously, you're not doing much of it at the moment in terms of like at home practice. But what's your kind of practice routine look like when it comes to to DJing, and is that different to your your practice and your learning routine um, and any of these other the, the other arts that you 
uh, that you do your thing with? That's a good like, question. Like, do you have a set time every day? or a, it's, I know I you're mean, awake at weird hours. Yeah, so, I mean, with, with the battles, like with, with, with battling, it's quite a, it's quite militant. The, the mm-hmm. practicing is very, is quite militant. It's not fun. Yeah. yeah. Getting ready for, for battle is not, is not fun. It's very tedious and it's long and it's, um, man, I hate thinking about it. I'm so glad that I'm not battling anymore. Um, <laughs> I, like April is like right in the middle of like, of like preparation for, for battle season. Yeah. So, so yeah. right now, three years ago, I'd be, yeah, I'd be practicing right now. Definitely wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be talking to anyone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, here's, here's something that, that Raw taught me. Raw, Raw, cause he's quite good with um, time management. And, um, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he teaches us is, um, to 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 um split your day up into twenty four blocks, you know, twenty four, mm. you know, one hour equals one block. And so, you know, eight hours of that is sleep. So that's out of here, right? And then you got sixteen mm. left. You need to eat somewhere in there, right? So there's I don't know, two or three hours gone. Yeah, so now you're down to thirteen hours. And you need and I don't know, then there's other bullshit hours, you know, two hours on Facebook or whatever. So then you're down, you know, you're down to like 10, 11, 10 hours. So that concept has always stuck with me. And so it was pretty much getting ready for battle. It was 10 blocks of practice, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so super, um, super intentional kind of organized learning or practice. I mean, you yeah, you try and organize it, and you try and make it um, economical as much as you can. But mm. but with art, you know, there's when it stops just being you know um, practice this one technique for three hours, you know, like there needs to be some art attached to it as well. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it gets blurry and. Yeah. Do you think that's helped you with, uh, you know, with with the other lanes that you that you play in the the other work that you do, the other art that you do? Um, Having that, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I haven't. I haven't um, prepared for any other kind of art, you know, other than um, battle DJing. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Nah, nah, it's, nah, nah. Getting ready for a battle is, yeah, it's very militant. And I'm not like that with any other, I'm not like that with my drawing. I'm not like that with um, making beats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, I mean, how do you, what does your learning process look like when it comes to say making beats? Um, like you've, you've spent quite a bit of time doing that. Do you, mm. uh, go about any intentional learning? Are you just, um, or are you just kind of, I'm just going to jump in and play around and see what happens. Um, cause your, your beats have gone, have evolved quite a huge amount, right? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, um, so in 2008, I bought a piano and I started learning how to play the piano. Yeah. Mm. Like from YouTube, YouTube tutorials. Yeah. I think I remember seeing the start of that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that was a very intentional thing. Yeah. Mm. Learn your tools. Yeah. Yeah, that was yep. a very yeah. I was told you need to learn how to you you need to learn how to play an instrument. You need to learn music, you know? Mm-hmm. 
was like, okay, I can, you know, I had a little bit of um, piano experience already. Just very, very basics. And then I was like, yep. okay, I need to learn how to play the piano. Yeah. And that was very intentional. Yes. And then 10 years later, cool. now I'm here and I can play the piano. Kind of good. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of. Like, I think I watched the video the other day of you playing, um, or playing something while you were uh, on the talk box. I'll link, I'll link that so that we can kind of reference his, you know, spell self-taught himself to play the piano from 2008. And this is where he's at now. Yeah. Um, Cause I think you can't, yeah, I mean, you kind of can't learn. I don't imagine you can learn the piano without being pretty intentional about it. Right. Um, yeah, no, I tried really. to learn the piano a while ago and, and uh, I just wasn't into it enough to <laughs> be intentional enough to actually get good at it. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm so, yes. Well, yeah, I, I taught myself, but man, that's like 11 or 12 years of teaching yourself. And I should be like, Way better, way better than than I should be like a master. Twelve years, uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm like, I'm like, just I can, I can get by. Yeah, yeah you can, you can definitely get by. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen the videos. Yeah. Um, right, so just uh, kind of back on that routine, um, Kopapa, What's your like? I know you, you said you, you you're awake at weird hours and you have some weird kind of routines. What's your daily? What's your daily routine look like from, I don't know, wherever you think it starts, whatever hour you think it starts? <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, at the moment, it's bad. It's like, it's bad. Yeah, it's like, it's way, like, after this, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so it's, uh, it's 4.55 p.m. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand time. What time is it over there? It's 2.54 in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I so I woke up at three a.m. Yeah, and and yep, I woke up at three. I like had a sandwich, and then I I started <laughs> drawing, <laughs> and um and and I made a I made a really good song. It's probably going to end up on Instagram. Um, I'll shoot a video for it. Um, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's that's kind of the routine, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's pretty normal, like a three a.m. wake up. That's normal for now. Yeah, that's normal. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of normal. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I usually I would be DJing, you know, a couple nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach as well. I, I teach production to some some kids. Um, Sorry, was that right? You teach what to kids? I teach production. Te- I teach oh, cool. kids how yep. to make beats. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's other stuff happening in the week usually, but uh, yeah, we're all on lockdown, so I'm stuck in my room as normal. <laughs> um. Putting like putting anything out into the world takes a, a especially creative stuff like things that are kind of subjectively you think are worth other people seeing or hearing um, can take a, a thick skin right or, or a degree of confidence or a degree of kind of comfort in yourself um, because you know that just because you like well you know you learn that. Anyway, you learn that just because you think something is mean doesn't mean anybody else in the world is going to like it. Um, and in fact, everybody else might hate it, right? Um, and that's just the reality that that artists deal with. Um, you've always seemed like you're 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 really comfortable in your skin and really comfortable putting things out uh, into the world. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, anything. I mean, you have a, a lot of your stuff is, I think, very funny. Uh, like so it's, it's quite comedic right and I imagine comedy is at the high end of that subjective thing like you can yeah. put that out and it's just crack up to me and I mean I know this is true because I will sit on the couch cracking up at something on my phone or on my computer and show my wife Danielle and she'll just look at me blankly and go like that's not even funny <laughs> um, like humor humor is massively subjective mm. um, so I guess two questions. One's a real leading one and one's just an open one. Do you think the, like your success with DJing and the kind of the quick feedback loop of that, like 
doing a set, doing a show, putting a thing out and getting feedback like, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mean you're real good. Has that helped you in your confidence when it's come to other art um, and doing stuff and putting it out into the world? Like kind of having that confidence, has that built your confidence? Um, And the other question I guess is if not, like where do you think that confidence comes from? Um, Because especially I think if someone – like that's that's always I, I hear a lot of people who are not artists or not putting something out into the world look at people who do that and go, Wow, that's so brave or that's you know, like I could never do that. Um mm. that's a real long question. <laughs> yeah, there's a there. couple questions in there. <laughs> um I think um Yeah, with with DJing, yeah, you get an instant reaction, right? If you're good, you mm. get cheered. If you're bad, like they'll let you know, right? Like there'll be no dance yeah. floor. Um, yeah, it has definitely boosted my confidence. It has, it's helped boost my confidence. But, but I, but I was confident. I was already confident before that. Mm. Yeah, I was already mm. a. I mean. There's, there's, I'm very comfortable in in front of a camera. Um, just so you, uh, Itifana, who can't see this live feed that we're doing right now, spell is topless uh, in front <laughs> no, of the camera. Uh, doesn't care. He's completely not. He's not. He's definitely not. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm very comfortable in front of a camera and, and if I can, um, like with the power of editing, like I can, uh, Mm. you know, I can, I can, uh, make, I I can make me look like a lot better than I actually am in real life. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So I think maybe that's the, that's the perception I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give that perception as you know, that I'm a very confident person. Mm. Um, I mean, when it comes to my art, I am very confident, mm. but I'm, I'm an, a very introverted person in mm. real life at, you know, like most artists. So in, in some situations I'm extremely not confident, you know, like in public, I'm usually not very um I've had to learn how to um talk to you know talk to people mm. in public um so it's kind of it's man it's half and half yeah I give mm. the perception that I'm confident yeah and it's and it's easy when you yeah. when you have the power of editing yeah mm. but I don't think it's it's not just the editing right I mean you do like there's there's the confidence that it takes to just do a bunch of the stuff that you're doing. That's not on camera. That, that is, um, that's a thing as well. Right. Uh, and it's just always like, I don't know, it's always interesting to me because like, I'm kind of the same, like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in front of a camera and pretty comfortable talking to, to crowds and jumping on a stage or doing mm. whatever. But like, I remember like running out of the library uh, at Otaki primary crying because we're not uh, Waitohu primary in Otaki crying because I had to read like a page of a book in front of, like five people in my class or something, you know, like I'm not naturally Whereas there were people at that age who were naturally cool with, with doing that kind of thing. So I I'm just always interested in like how much you actually learn from those quick wins or that gradual build up of like, yeah, cool. Like I've done this thing in front of a person. Like I remember when Coz first pulled me up on stage to rap at like Cuba street carnival in, I don't know, 2003 or something, 2004 maybe. Mm. And like, yeah, like, shitting myself like yeah shaking hard out just like like actually going like like yeah. you know managed to get like 16 bars out kind mm. of um in a way that people could hear it mm. um but i was freaking out and you know like the the difference between that and then the next time which i think was like at coyotes for something probably mm. um you know and the next one was like i was less nervous but i was still freaking out and then you know you just get less and less nervous and then i wonder how much of that then made it easier for me to do things like interviews or like other things that have taken mm. confidence that I might not have thought I had before. Like, 
yeah, it's just an interesting kind of thing to think about again. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it'll, 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 um, it'll adds to the, to your character. Hey, all those, yeah, all those yeah, yeah, like experiences. Kind of... mm. Yeah. Um, and off a completely different kind of a topic, um, and this might sound like a funny question and it's like, I think you'll, t- you'll take it the right way and um, interpret it with, with positivity and, and aroha. <laughs> um, like what makes you, so if you think about the stuff that we've talked about already, mm. uh, like obviously you are, you're somebody who's confident, who is kind of uh, doing their dream, you know, not, I, I don't say, I don't like saying chasing your dream, like you're doing your dream, you're living a life that you, that you love and enjoy. Mm. Um, and you found a way to do that. Like, and this might be unanswerable because it's quite a big question, but like, what's the difference between you then and um, say people that you grew up with uh, in, in Hamilton or in wherever um, who aren't doing that, but who started off at the same point as you, you know, maybe they had parents who were uh, as, who were equally enabling, mm. you know, who were equally like, go do that thing you want to do. Um, Cause that's obviously a big part. Like we know that's a yeah, big part yeah, yeah. of, um, of our phenomenon and our whanau who don't necessarily get to a, a good spot in life is, is those initial role models, those closest yeah. role models. But is there anything else other than your parents um, that you think is a, or has been a point of difference for you um, getting to where you are now, which isn't one of those like you've cracked it, you've made it, but as a like where you are now as in enjoying your life I think it's it's not it, it, I think it takes a certain kind of person to to even I mean following following your dreams is like it's quite a um, our, our society is built to go against that right like else like if you go through the school system public school system, not even the public school system. I, I went through three different, three, three different school systems, right? Kura Kaupapa, public school, and like a, like, like a religious school, right? That, but all three of them were following your dreams was at the bottom of the, the priority list, right? So, Mm -hmm. so, so if you, so, What am I trying to say? Following your dream, following your dreams is not a normal thing to do. It's mm. a very, yeah, it, huh. it's, it's a very, um, you, all the odds are against you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think you, <laughs> to follow your dreams, you either have to be like really naive and stupid, <laughs> really, or, or really overconfident, you know. Um, you know what? Some, some something that most artists have in common is there's some kind of mental illness involved, right? There's all mm. all of us that are artists, especially the ones that are trying to do it for a living. There's all, there's a there's a chemical imbalance in our brains, right? All of us. It has to be, because it takes a it takes a, a an abnormal kind of mind to to even want to follow, you know, some crazy idea mm. that you had. Yeah, your dreams, yeah. right? So mm. I I think I I was able to recognize that I had a dream right at a young age. You know, it's kind of 13, 14, something like that. That's, that's your kids mm-hmm. screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my two year old kahu te rangi. 
And now for a word from our sponsors. Paperback Gorillas is brought to you by Carpty Island Honey, the finest honey on the... Nah, we're not really sponsored. Carpty Island Honey is just the koha that we give to our manuhiri or guests to say thank you for their time. But as well as the decent chunk of time that it takes us to prepare, have and share these kōrero, it does also cost us the financial equivalent of a few nice meals out each month just to host and record them and to then get them out to listeners like yourself. Uh, we pay that cost because we believe the kopapa is worth it, and we believe that the matauranga, or the knowledge that our manuhiri or guests have spent a lifetime learning, is worth paying to share with you. Uh, if you believe that as well, and you've enjoyed this episode, then please think about donating by becoming a patron. To thank you for your support, uh, I'll send you exclusive access to videos from our kōrero, uh, opportunities to ask our manuhiri questions, as well as share the notes with you on what I've personally learned from each of these conversations with our guests. Uh, all of these are exclusive to our paperback Gorilla Fano and patrons, uh, and you can only get them by heading to patreon.com slash paperbackgorillas and signing up to be a patron. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-p-e-r-b-a-c-k-g-u-e-r-r-i-l-l-a-s. This is also the part of the show where I send a big mihi, a big thank you to the patrons who are already supporting the show. So to Lincoln, Hori, Anna, Ivo Tia, Adama and Matt, thank you for supporting and believing in the Kopapa. Thank you for helping make sure we can get these kōrero out to the people who need to hear them. Kia ora. So you were just talking about the, um, like you need to think differently uh, to in order to even realise you can pursue your dreams, yes, right? because, you know, we're, mm. we're not taught that in school. You're not taught that, you know, mm. Uh, yeah, that your dreams is, is something that that you can do, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's um like, and again, kind of the same as that confidence building thing. I wonder if, um, I wonder if that's a thing that you can build on, you know, like I've, um, I've just, I mean, I've, I've kind of always been cool with following, not necessarily my dreams, well, my dream of, being happy, mm. um, I've always been cool with that. Well, not not actually always been cool. Been cool for a while, um, but I've just uh, stopped drinking about uh, two years ago. I stopped drinking um, as I'm drinking alcohol. Mm, yeah. I still drink water. Like <laughs> most humans, uh, animals do. But um, like if I wasn't already cool with kind of. Uh, not necessarily doing what everybody else was doing. I think that probably would have given me quite an insight into uh, how how dumb most of us are when it comes to just following what everybody does. Like, kind of realizing that, oh, cool, like I can go and um, and, and and hang out with my mates, and I don't have to drink twelve beers. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and that even being, and that even having to be a kind of epiphany or even having to be a realization like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, why did I think that I had to even do that? Yeah. Like, fuck that's, that's, that's bizarre. Like, and then realizing that, Oh, okay. It's cause there's like this billion dollar industry that's marketed that like on a crazy, crazy global scale for a hundred years. Um, so of course we all grew up thinking, cool. After work, after I've had a hard day at Mahi, I should have a, I should have a Heineken. Yeah. You know? Like realizing that I could go and, and go to a bar and have, like a ginger beer if I wanted or a Coke or yeah. whatever. Um, but like seeing everybody kind of look at you like that was weird, you know, realizing that, I oh, mean, everybody thinks that this is what you have to do. Mm. Um, and it's that same thing, right? Like re- realizing that you can think outside of that square and go, Oh, cool. I'll do my own thing. And um, you know, it, it's not chasing my dreams. It's, it's just not following what everybody else is thinking. But if I then like, it's not a big, it's not as big a leap to then go, Oh, you mean, you know what? I've always wanted to be a painter. Yeah. Like, fuck, maybe I'll just go and buy some paint and I'll, well, maybe I'll just actually spend a couple of hours a day painting in the morning um, before I go to work. You know, like it, it's a less of a leap. So I wonder if there's that same thing of you can challenge those little little norms, societal norms or whatever, and if they then can get you to that place of going, you know, the, uh, challenging those bigger norms, like I'm just going to do my, I'm going to do my dream thing. Um, instead of slaving away the nine to five or whatever, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, 
I think it comes back to that that confidence thing. So if you're confident in, in yourself, to then yeah, then then it's it makes it very easy to um to not you know if you don't feel like drinking, you, I don't, I'm not going to drink. You know, or yeah, the, yeah. the opposite way around. I'll feel like drinking. I'm going to drink. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and being okay with that. True. Yeah, interesting. On the the kind of the the topic of uh, doing the things that you love, have you ever felt like uh, you should stop or you needed to stop doing any of those things that you're, uh, those dreams that you're doing or those those arts that you're putting in place or the... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those were the, those, those, because it's happened a couple times in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always the lowest point of my life. Yeah, I'm always at the very, mm-hmm. very bottom. Yeah, like you're there, and then you start thinking that you should stop doing the art, or you start thinking that, and then you get to the lowest point. It's it's usually some. It, it usually comes from some external source. Yeah, those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, never. It, yeah, every every time it's always been just circumstances mm-hmm. out of my control will tell me it's time to you know not not do art anymore. Yeah, 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 and that's happened a couple times. Is there a um? a thought process or a, a, a technique or a, a thing that you've ever kind of pulled into to action to, in response to that. So that you, you know, like well, what's your reaction to that? Do you have a, a way to overcome that? Um, no, no. Or yeah. what have you done? Cause obviously you haven't stopped. So what, what did you, what was your, what was your so reaction? There's not really a, a, a uh, yeah. Uh, a go to, you know, if um. If I'm having those thoughts, you know, not really, but I've gone mm-hmm. through it enough now that I know that I can recognize it when it's happening and, um, mm. and you just let it play itself out. Yeah. It's usually, it usually means I'm burnt out or, um, mm. yeah, I need a break in some, some area of my life needs, I need a break i need to rebalance some things um mm-hmm. yeah so it doesn't it doesn't last that long you know it'll but mm-hmm. ah man I, i'll at the end of e- each of those episodes I, i'll get to the other end i'll be like man what the, why the fuck was i thinking about why did i sell my all my shit for like you know so that's happened a couple of times like what the f- yeah. what, what the f- why what the fuck was i thinking like yeah i wanted to give up like what, um, what the fuck yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, it sounds like so your your reaction like do you then take a break do you then uh do that rebalancing yeah so okay yeah so so two years ago i was burnt out mostly from the dj mm-hmm. thing DJ world, mm-hmm. um, battle world, right? Um, and I needed a break. I needed, I needed a break. And that break from turntables mm-hmm. was two years. Yeah. Yeah. But in, the, in that two years, I was so able to like- do some other art shit that I was, you know, yep. that I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm. Well, like you said, right? Like you, you have to do art. You're an artist. Yeah. You, yeah. So, um, so the, like the, the creating ne- never stops. Th- that doesn't stop. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just sometimes I just need to take a break at, in, at, in certain areas. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Um, and I guess that's an important, uh, like that's an important thing to know, right? And it's an important thing to recognize. Yes. Uh, what you need to do in, in response to it. Yes, um, it's, it's very important. Yeah, otherwise you can mm. end up very bad and sick. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we, I think we, I mean, we kind of covered this one earlier, but I'd be interested to hear, like, if you, um, 
if you have a different answer, if you, if you think differently about it when we kind of frame it mm-hmm. up in this way. But like if you imagine a, a parallel universe uh, where uh, Hayden isn't DJ mm-hmm. Spell, um, he's in uh, still in H-Town or yeah. in wherever, um, not making art, but still but it still has that urge or that, that need or that desire to create art. Um, in that parallel universe, what would have stopped you from getting to, to where you are now as um, the artist currently known as DJ Spell? Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I would have ended up being uh, a and a creative in, in, in any way. It didn't. It didn't necessarily have to end up being hip hop. But I think I, I still would have been uh, in the creative world. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure, man. Yeah. Unless something super big and drastic and horrible happened to me at a very early age. Um, but no, nah, mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so, man. I think I would have still ended up being an artist. Yeah. So if you play out that little the kind of the timeline that we've that we've talked about, like your your parents were re uh, like they brought music into the into the fare. They they um, empowered you and enabled you to do what you wanted to do. And there was a lot of hip hop and, and music at yeah. your school. Um, you were kind of taken under the wing of uh, of Brett and yeah. Four Corners. Um, if you find out if you don't know who Four Corners are, because I realise not everyone listening to this podcast is a like a New Zealand hip hop <laughs> uh, head, uh, go and Google them. Uh, yeah, OGs and um, New yes. Zealand hip hop. Uh, and and then you went and studied with with DJ Raw. Mm-hmm. Like those are kind of all of those steps all link into each other quite nicely, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if if any of those hadn't have happened, if it would have even made a difference, because they're all kind of none of those. I don't imagine are like deciding factors, except maybe the maybe the mum and dad, or maybe the parents thing, right? Like, like if I look at my mates who succeed in the sense of like really enjoying mm. their lives, and and those who mm. don't. That always seems to be, and I mean, obviously, because like that, you, you know, you're you are your parents mm. to a degree. Like the parents always are a huge factor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not really saying anything. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, no, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think the parents were the, they were definitely the, the main uh, driver. Yeah, mm. and they and they would have been supportive of, of of anything that I wanted to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, I should probably have asked that question in a different way because really, who cares if you're not? Who cares in this parallel universe if you're not DJ Spell, mm. the artist, and are instead, um, you know, uh, Hayden? Uh, Nobby wheels, uh, the dirt bike champion. Um, like you know, like what, what matters is that you are enjoying your life, so um, that's kind of what I, yeah, what I was more interested in. Mm, yeah, um, all right, appearance, appearance. Um, well, we talked a little bit about reading, and you said you kind of read in um, in waves, mm. uh, and you are reading a bit at the moment. Yeah, um, you're more of a, a non fiction reader usually, yeah. or do you? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah, nah, I don't really read cool. um, too many. Uh... Yeah, nah. I'll go and watch Star Wars if I want uh, some uh, some fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Have you read this? Uh, no, Naibi no, but that, that's a that's I I know that book that was in, that's in our that was always in, in our house. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah. This that's that's I think you would mean that, yeah. So so like. I'm just lifting it up. Kai Fakarungu and showing him yeah. some of the like there are Fuka Papa. Fuka yeah, Papa yeah, yeah, trees. Yeah. So that's that's another book on my uh, you know list of um, 
shit that I need to get through. Yeah. And, I, and now I mean, I'm at, at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm hungry for, um, for all, for all that kind of shit. Yeah. Mm. Choice. Yeah. But what would you tell a uh, 16 year old spell? Gee. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, be nicer to your mum. Hmm. Be nicer to your mum. Cool. I'm just trying to think of myself as a 16-year-old, like what I was doing. Mm. Yeah, be nicer to your mum. And... Um, Be nicer in general, yeah. Just be nicer in general, because you don't you don't know someone's you don't know you don't always know the full story to people's people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in general, as a sixteen year old, um, anyway, when I was sixteen, I wasn't really thinking about anybody else. Uh, I don't think, let alone being kind to them. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the the be kind to your mum thing is. Um, yeah, like you definitely, I don't know, having, like you, you, you have that realization anyway, but having kids, uh, like when we had our first, had our daughter, Huhana, um, I think like the first day back from, from hospital, I sent my mum this big long text message saying like, you know, thank you so much for, you know, this is about 32 years too late, yeah. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for, yeah. right, 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 right. um, yeah, you know, really, until you're in that same, until you can imagine that same context that they were in um, as an adult trying to do all of the things that they did for them and you, um, you just don't even comprehend that when you're, when you're uh, being raised yeah, by them, right? Exactly. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> and you may think that you do, and you may think like, you know, I don't have kids. I, I and, and I think, I think yeah. of like how I would be as a, as a dad, but really I don't, I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like Puck's dear mama was about as close as the um, as close as the empathy came. So I should be kind to my mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, final final part I for the day, bro. If you could insert one thought um, in the mind of everybody in Aotearoa, what would it be? Um, to everyone in New Zealand. Mm. Oh man, that's tricky. Um, like, I don't know. Hang on, no, no, yes, I do know. <laughs> I, I think I would say to New Zealand. It would be like something like it would be something's dumb like like um like we have a treaty and we're supposed to be like Harveys and everything. Mm. So fucking like learn some shit about <laughs> the, the, I think the treaty is so important. Yeah. But no one, you know, like the majority of New Zealand doesn't understand what it's about and why it exists, and 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 um and and that there's two different versions, and you know, I think that is a that mm. that should be number one on the priority of New Zealand's list. Yeah, mm. New Zealand. If we're talking New Zealand, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, so just to sum that up again, that was because you you cut in a little bit, cut out. A little bit more. Um, it seems like you only you you are only ever cutting out when it's like the 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 most the, important the, things. The, <laughs> that you, um, I, yeah, okay, okay. The of the government. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's bloody. It's the five G. <laughs> yeah, it's the five G network uh, and the jet stream. Yeah, no, I think I okay. To summarize, uh, one kind of thing that I would um, want all of New Zealand to kind of be about is like we have a treaty and learn about it, and we're supposed to be Harveys and everything, right? It's supposed to be split down the middle, but it's not. It's, it's clearly not. And um, I think 
you know, like the treaty is all that we got and we kind of need to like, man, honor the treaty to yeah. summarize. Yeah. Cool. Man, what a, what a weird thing to, I guess, um, yeah, that's where I'm at in my life. Honor the yeah. treaty. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we all get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like at 16, I mean, I wasn't thinking about the treaty. Yeah, no, no, Mean. Well, those are, um, that's us, bro, and that's uh, nearly just on an hour. Not not quite, but. Uh, mean. Um, any uh, any final fricado or thoughts you want to throw out there to the world, to the universe? Um, man, I don't know. I hope I was able to. Um, give you something cool to think about i don't know mm-hmm. i guess uh, i i hope i um was able to um contribute to <laughs> making your <laughs> making you think about something i don't know well, I, think, I think you definitely will have um and yeah like i said I'll, I'll i'll talk a little bit about kind of your um your career and 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 your your accolades um but i didn't want to spend the, at the start of the the court at all i didn't want to didn't want you to take up all this important uh, profound <laughs> part of time uh, yeah. by listing all of your your winnings or your wins. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't but, mean but much, but it, but it, it it does in the sense that um of that uh, that co-papa of this podcast, right? Like, um, you are you're a, a Maori dude out there doing the thing that he loves, doing mm. it really well, um, mm. and and that is an inspiration, bro. And that's um that's that's what role modeling is, um. Even though I think one of the one of the challenges that we that we have as Maori and as New Zealanders, but even more so as Maori, uh, is knowing that we that we can be role models, right? And and um, and knowing how to like, you know, there's a yeah. difference between going cool. I'm doing a thing. Um, I think I can. I'm a positive role model. But how do you leverage mm-hmm. that and and um and maximize the impact of being a positive role model? Um, and I mean your your co-papa of art does that in itself. Um, but hopefully this is another way to help kind of um, have that same, have that same effect. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. I hope so the, too. Order for the corridor, bro. Um, it's oh, definitely good. inspiring. Stay safe. Keep that mask on. Stay at home. Uh, and all of that good stuff that we're all meant to be doing. Mean. Kia ora, bro. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Don't forget to hit subscribe on your podcast player so that you can learn when the next episode is live. Uh, And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other ones, then please leave us a review or a rating or tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Paperback Gorillas uh, to let your network know what the co-puppet is about and that it's worth having a listen. Kia ora.